Hello and welcome to the second episode of the She Can Engineer podcast. In this episode, we will be discussing the importance of STEM education, which is being done and what needs to change, particularly within primary education. And I am delighted to introduce our guest speaker, Alexandra Knight. Hi, Alex. On behalf of She Can Engineer, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. Please, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your amazing, or should I say, STEM-amazing career journey? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, right, where to start? Well, you know, I'm a mechanical engineer background, and the reason why I chose engineering in the first place, going back quite a while now, um, to the 1990s, um, was, well, I went to an all-girls school, and I was pretty good at at maths and physics but they weren't my best subjects by any means but um actually a um a standing physics teacher said to me once you know you should consider engineering and I thought hmm okay I'm not sure about that um my dad is actually an engineer and in a way I wanted to do something different I didn't want to do exactly what he did but because I'd heard it from an independent source I thought oh okay maybe I should consider this and he suggested I went on a summer space school that was, I think, in between GCSEs and A-levels. Um, and that was at Brunel University campus. And I, I just basically was hooked from that point. I thought it was like the whole idea of space and, and using maths and science to help us explore the world and the universe was just like mind blowing to me. So I thought this is definitely something that I would like to know more about. Um, so I did end up doing maths, physics, chemistry for my A-levels, even though they weren't like naturally my strongest subjects, but I felt like the career that would make a difference. And then from then I went on to do mechanical engineering at Brunel because I'd loved it so much at that space school. Um, and yeah, kind of then specialised in medical engineering. I did a master's in that at Imperial College. And then after that, went into a small medical engineering startup company, which was brilliant for like straight in at the deep end, like everything from lab research, prototyping for different designs through to clinical trials, pitching for venture capitalist funding, project management. Like it really helped me try out so many things and learn so much in a short space of time. But then I thought there's so much of the world of engineering out there that I don't know about and I don't know what I want to kind of move into in my future career. So I decided to join a consultancy. So I joined Fraser Nash Consultancy. Um, And really the, the, the aim for that was to be able to get a whole variety of engineering experience. So obviously in a consultancy, every different project you work on is like starting a new job in a new company, maybe even a new industry, a new sector of engineering. And I got to work on some incredible projects from submarines through to um, designing wheelchairs for for severely disabled children, through to working with Paralympians at UK Sports, through to um, working out in Thailand on an energy distribution project, So loads of uh, amazing uh, stuff and really, really exciting. Um, And then I moved on to another consultancy, Amy Consulting, where I was working more on infrastructure and civil engineering projects. So as a mechanical engineer, you can can still do like so many areas of engineering. 
And I worked again on some really interesting projects like um, around um, the combination of data science and analytics and technology with engineering, kind of marrying up things like predictive analytics with engineering infrastructure. Um, and, you know, one of the standout projects was definitely working on the digitization of the fourth road bridge crossing in Scotland and being able to turn that into like essentially a, a smart asset that can tell us how it's feeling, you know, what loads it's experiencing and be able to sort of extrapolate that forward in terms of what to do with it with maintenance and operation. Um, so really amazing projects. But I've always felt a burning desire, I suppose, to do more in the area of diversity and inclusion in engineering and STEM more broadly. So I have always done a lot of like voluntary work in terms of STEM outreach into schools and mentoring other women in STEM. Um, and I was on the board of the Women's Engineering Society as a trustee for a few years. And, and I kind of love all that stuff. And I feel like that's where I can make a big difference because I'm so passionate about it. And I got, basically, I was just struggling with splitting my time between too many different things. And as a, as a mum of two kids and juggling homeschooling at the time of COVID lockdown, I kind of thought, right, what do I need to do in terms of simplifying my life to focus on where I can actually really make the biggest impact for me with my unique skills? And I decided that I would set up um, an, a not-for-profit social enterprise called Stamazing, which allows me to do all the things that I'm really passionate about whilst sort of earning enough of a living. I mean, certainly not compared to what I was earning in consulting, but enough of a living to be able to do that full time. And so uh, it was in 2019. And then I actually left my day job as a technical director at Amy um, in 2020. And since then have been working on Stamazing full time. Wow, that's amazing. Um, that is a, a massive leap. Uh, your career journey or, or your background is a, really a, a great case example of how transferable engineering skills actually are. You went from uh, mechanical engineering um, and the medical engineering, working on submarines, wheelchairs, and then um, digitizing infrastructure, which is actually really like, that's really cool. You're, you're making inanimate objects talk to you almost. Um, <laughs> which is it's a, a weird concept but actually a really a really great example of how we use engineering um to make the world a better place yeah completely agree and and actually that's kind of one of the things I tell other people if they're considering engineering is that <clears throat> engineering opens doors it, it allows you to basically learn like a skill set in analytical approaches, problem solving, um, a kind of understanding problems and coming up with solutions in a way that allows you to adapt um, and pivot your career based on what you love doing and what you find interesting. And, you know, there are so many areas in engineering. I haven't even really scratched the surface in all the projects I've been involved with, which has still been a lot. Um, so, yeah, that, that's one of the things that makes me so passionate about it is just the variety and the number of opportunities available to everyone to be able to make a difference doing something that they love. 
I completely agree. That's one of my favorite things about engineering is um, variety of that. I'm I'm never bored in in engineering. Um, and I get bored, I won't say easily, it's, I like to challenge myself and there's always something new to learn within engineering. Absolutely, completely agree. So going back to uh, what you were saying about um, school and how it was actually a, a physics teacher who gave you almost the idea of perhaps looking at engineering as a, a career. We spoke to Dawn Bonfield um, in the last episode of the podcast um, about the pipeline into engineering. And um, we focused the conversation more on sort of the GCSE and A-level sort of ages and upwards and and how there are challenges. Firstly, uh, the barriers there getting into university um, in engineering. And we, we touched a little bit about how actually more needs to be done you know, early on in in the pipeline. So when we look at sort of primary schools, um, how do we explain to um, primary school children that STEM careers and and I suppose our particular focus is engineering are are really great. And how do we get them interested in how we keep their interest? So you know, it's it's all well and good having, um, telling a seven year old engineering is great, but between seven and seventeen, there's a lot of years there. So how do we keep them interested and, and enthusiastic and motivated? And I know that you do a lot of stuff with STEMazing uh, with primary schools. So would you be able to explain the sorts of activities you get up to with the primary schools? Mm. Yeah, so I mean, the reason why I focus on primary in STEMazing is because when I was first setting up STEMazing, I was really kind of looking at, you know, there is so much that needs to be done in education at all levels to raise awareness and aspirations particularly with regarding STEM careers but I was looking at where where I felt I could make the biggest impact and looking at some research papers what kept sort of jumping out at me was the amount of gender stereotyping that happens um, with young children you know or, and especially with regards to careers and what is a boy's career and what is a girl's type career and the fact that this happens so young you know by the age of like seven years old kids already know or they've already decided right that's a man's job and that's a woman's job and they can sort of like distinguish between them and and it's something that I thought this is we need to tackle it at this early stage And more research showed that the importance of visible role models in counter typical careers are really, really influential at a young age for kids. So I thought, right, knowing that I I've done a lot to help women in their STEM careers be more confident and kind of mentoring and coaching them to bring their whole self to work and feel more confident in their role to speak up in meetings and go for promotions and stuff like that. I thought if I can combine that work with outreach into primary schools to give primary schools more visibility of women in STEM as role models, then that would really help. And not only that, but exactly what you were saying, like how do you really engage them and leave a legacy, leave a real impact, something that lasts longer than just, you know, a quick talk that they like in the moment, but then they forget about. And so I came up with the idea of doing like a series of what I've called Stamazing Kids activities, which are targeting 
early primary school age so kind of like years three and four really so age kind of seven and eight and we make them really interactive really hands-on so it's not a presentation it's not a talk it's a hands-on activity where they explore a certain science or engineering principle through a practical hands-on interactive activity and they actually create something themselves that they can take home continue to test continue to improve talk to their family about it um, and not just do it once so all of our amazing kids engagements are like at least a series of a few activities and in my the inspiration academy that I run where I match up women in STEM with primary schools support women in STEM to be more confident on camera because we do it via Zoom and then they deliver some amazing kids sessions into schools and that's a series of six so six weeks and again the research shows that a one-off session doesn't really have a lasting impact but if you repeat it and and kind of do it for at least a month if not longer then that leaves a much more lasting impact and legacy with those children in terms of them feeling like STEM is fun, STEM, they understand what STEM is, they understand what kind of STEM jobs are out there, they're tangible to them, so they can relate it to their real world and their real life. Um, they see a woman as a role model, which, you know, by the way, is important for girls, obviously, but also important for boys, mm -hmm. because unconscious bias is set in at such a young age so we want boys to see women in professional stem roles and to see that as normal um and yeah so we we've had you know quite a lot of um well fantastic really response from schools taking part in these initiatives and also um the women taking part saying they love it and it's boosted their confidence which has you know also a number of added benefits in the stem workforce so I'm, I'm kind of continuing to grow that and continuing to have a focus on that primary school age, hands-on interactive activities, a, lots of um, relation to real world stuff, but very practical so that kids actually get engaged and stuck in. Because I think that is really what grabs the attention of young people. I know through my own children as well um, and will hopefully leave that lasting impact. It must be quite difficult to get across what engineering itself is, because I guess kids at that age, they they kind of understand what maths and science are, because that's stuff they learn at school, isn't it? The, you know, the, the, um, the actual subjects you learn at school. And it's it must be quite difficult to then... Um, show them what engineering is when engineering isn't a subject that they learn as such so how do you through STEMazing and your Inspiration Academy portray engineering compared to other aspects of, of STEM because like you said there's lots of different fields within engineering as well and it's, it's a minefield trying to, I guess, um, showcase them all because it'll be near impossible to showcase all the different fields within engineering. But how do you then relate what they do at school with maths and science to then show them what engineering is? To be honest, like people ask me this quite a lot and I don't think it's that difficult because you just have to show them the connection between maths and science that they see as two separate not connected subjects 
and problem solving in the real world. So the activities we do, for example, um, with making different shapes of paper towers that I did once for a Shikan engineer activity a couple of years ago, um, is a really simple, fantastic activity to show the importance of shape in design. And we talk about different shapes in structures, in buildings that they'll see all around them. And we can therefore relate maths and geometry, so shapes of things, to real world examples of, of how a civil engineer or a structural engineer will design something that will be strong enough that will stand the test of time and, and talk about different structures. And so it's, I, I feel like it's, it's just a conversation that needs to be, you know, it's part of the activity. It's almost like just saying, asking the children, what different shapes do you see around you? Like shapes is part of work that you'll do in maths and how strong something is that's related to its material, which is related to your science that you do, whether it's solid, you know, um, liquids, we talk about different types of structures and, and then we relate that to the real world and get them to start looking around them and being curious as to why things look the way that they do or, you know, how things work or why they're shaped like that. And so I think it's, as engineers, we just have to remember to kind of break it down to the most simple, um, tangible explanation of what maths and science is used for in the real world. And we do a number of different examples with that, everything from making little um, paper rockets and talking about forces and propulsion through to making lava lamps and talking about chemical reactions and liquids and gases. And, you know, just make it fun, but also make sure you get in there, how it's relevant to the real world. And then, you know, at the beginning of this series of sessions, you've got the majority of the class have no idea what the E in STEM stands for. Some kids are guess at English. Um, and then, so they've definitely not heard of engineering as such, as a, as a subject. And by the end of it, they can tell you what different engineering careers are out there and what engineers do in the world and how they make a difference. Um, I find that kids, even at that young age, understand the problems we're facing in the world. They care about the planet. They understand like we've got problems with climate change and plastic pollution in the oceans, things like that. And they can relate the fact that engineers come up with solutions to these real world problems. And that's what we're aiming for. Mm. That's, that's really good, you know, just within one session, not knowing what engineering is and thinking that it's yeah, the, the E stands for English and actually being able to distinguish the different types of um, engineering. That's, that, that's really, really great um, and, and really positive. That's a real positive impact that um, you're making to, to the, the kids and if, you know, carrying that sort of momentum. Um, yeah. And I think it's also not just the kids, like sometimes the teachers are yeah. learning just as much as well. And obviously then they can continue that conversation. And we've worked in primary schools where they had no idea what STEM was. They didn't know what STEM even the teachers didn't know what STEM like stood for. Um, and they have now introduced STEM weeks in their primary schools. And they, they come back to me and ask if any of my amazing women can help out in those. 
um, because they were inspired themselves to keep doing it, which is brilliant. And the other thing is that we don't want it to stop just with the kids. We want them to go home and have a conversation with their guardians, their parents, their siblings, um, and, and help spread that message as well. So after each of our amazing kids sessions, we give them a completion certificate, which sort of says what they did and the key STEM messages. So they can take that home and be proud of it and talk about it. So we, we're trying to spread the message as far and wide as possible. It's definitely really important um, to educate and inspire um, teachers and parents and guardians, carers, um, all the sort of key adult influences in um, kids' lives. My background, my, my parents and teachers, they didn't know what engineering was either. Uh, they had a perception of it. And the perception was, you know, it was a, a, a man's job and that that's not something I should really consider. And um, my story kind of starts a bit like yours because it was a physics teacher who introduced the idea of engineering to me. It was, it was a brand new teacher to the school. And um, until then, I thought I maybe wanted to be a pharmacist, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure. Um, I knew that I liked science and maths um, I was good at them at school and um, so I thought I'd, I'd do something related and yeah it was it was a physics teacher said oh well, maybe you'd want to consider engineering uh, but my parents on the other hand they they still had no no clue and even though my mom was always been happy for me to follow my path I think she did have her reservations about me being an engineer and it wasn't until um I think it was a couple of years ago, I took her to uh, the Royal International Air Tattoo, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and and there's a, a STEM zone primarily aimed at um, kids, and and my mom really got into the STEM zone. She was putting on um, you know the VR headsets, um, doing all the puzzles that the kids would do, building stuff with the sort of like these. It was like almost like Meccano and Lego and stuff like that, and finding mm-hmm. out about my world in engineering and ever since then she's been a real advocate uh, for engineering for everybody she's telling everybody that engineering is fantastic and and more people should consider it and it's just changing you know that that sort of perception of it you know she went from saying oh I'm not really sure it's for you to being like everyone can do it (laughs) That's amazing. And, you know, maybe if someone had told your mom about STEM and engineering when she was younger, she would have been an engineer. But of course, yeah, it just needs someone to almost like flick a switch in your brain to even say, like, this is an option. And of course, we're not trying to say everybody who gets involved in amazing kids has to go on and do STEM. But what we are doing is hopefully showing them that it's an option. And if they do feel interested and want to pursue STEM subjects later on and and go into STEM then that's fantastic and there will be a place for them and and but those who don't at least they will also have a greater awareness of what it is and hopefully grow up to kind of you know at least have a conversation with maybe their own children one day about what it is so we just need to do like there's so much work to do and we're just again like just tackling one tiny area of it but so much work to do to raise the awareness of STEM and particularly engineering in society as a whole. 
Um, because I think if more people knew what it was really about, a lot more people would choose to go into that kind of career. Yeah. And yeah, right. There is um, a lot of work to do, but um, we can't tackle it all at once. And if we're um, taking on little chunks, I mean, I wouldn't say that what you're doing is a little chunk. <laughs> I think it's actually a massive chunk of work. Um, but it's all, it all adds up and it, does um it does make an impact and yeah. I guess uh, on the subject of uh, making an impact and leaving an impression you've been involved with She Can Engineer supporting our events for a number of years now last year was the first year we opened up to primary school um ages through the competition and it, uh, we had the theme of um, engineering superheroes and the primary school and secondary school students uh, were asked to submit their designs of who they think would be uh, an engineering superhero in their, their minds, what an engineering superhero could do uh, in to, to solve um, a couple of problems. And um, you actually announced the, the winners for us uh, last year. But from the previous support that you've provided us, someone actually found you and is now enrolled in your Inspiration Academy. Yeah, absolutely. So I just, I literally heard this morning, I was having a, an email conversation with one of the women on the Inspiration Academy programme. And she just said, oh, by the way, I, I thought I should let you know that I actually um, found you when I had watched a session that you ran making some paper towers, uh, the activity I mentioned before. Um, and she'd loved, so she'd watched that as an adult, like to get involved and get ideas for STEM outreach. And she loved the idea and, and has since run it with her a couple of different brownie groups and they all really loved it. And then that kind of introduced her to me and it's amazing. And then later on, so like at least a year, if not longer later, she enrolled in the Inspiration Academy. So is now building her confidence and doing um, even more STEM outreach, which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's amazing how kind of, you know, different initiatives, maybe a, a targeting like slightly different things and have slightly different objectives but they can all support each other and actually it's important to remember that anybody working in this space of sort of inspiration and inclusion in STEM there are so many opportunities to collaborate and and kind of um, amplify our impact by working together and supporting each other because it's certainly not a competition and not um you know, there's so much work to be done that there's enough for everybody to, to really make a difference. So I'm really pleased to keep the collaboration going with She Can Engineer and uh, also appreciate all of your support. Thank you. Well, we, we appreciate everything that you've done for us, um, supporting all of our events. And we, we love having you on. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love getting involved with what you're doing because genuinely, like, you know, you're, it's such a, a lovely group of people working on this and you're obviously genuinely so passionate yourselves, which really comes across. So yeah, it's fantastic to be involved in it. For our listeners who have um, listened um, to, to you speak and actually think that they might want to um, get involved, um, first of all, as, as a STEM ambassador, um, do you have any sort of I guess, advice and, and, and tips um, for engaging um, the, the younger groups. I think we have a lot of um, 
um, almost uh, um, advice and support in sort of um, targeting sort of GCSE and A-level groups. But again, just focusing on the, the primary school, I think when, uh, when we go into school, sometimes we can struggle because we're not used to, as, as STEM ambassadors, we're not used to um, speaking to audiences that young. Mm. Yeah, it's, and, and I think it's a really good question because you do have to think about your audience when you are presenting. And essentially, when you are presenting or doing a talk or running a STEM session, you are, you are in a way performing, you are there to kind of inform and, and inspire and, and influence in a way your audience. So it's really important that you consider the audience that you are presenting to and tailor how you're saying um, what you're saying in appropriately. Um, and I feel like for primary school kids, unless you've got your own children or grandchildren and you're used to dealing with younger kids, it can be quite daunting because you know, they've, they've probably uh, a lot more high energy. So they might be, you know, they're not just going to sit there quietly and listen to you for ages. Um, so I would say like anything you can do to make it as interactive as possible and engage them, you know, running an activity is absolutely perfect and spend more time on the interactive activity than on just being on sort of transmit receive mode where you're just talking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and make it tangible to their level. So what is going to be relevant to them in their world um, that you can relate engineering to? Um, don't overcomplicate things, but also you don't have to oversimplify it. You know, you can talk to them about some, some big real world challenges that we're facing and how engineering is making a difference in those. Um, one of the things that I find you know, I always give this advice and it's something that we do, we concentrate a lot on in the Inspiration Academy is your communication style and how um, energetic and kind of motivating you are as a speaker, as that role model that they are looking up to. So getting a bit of practice in not just what you want to say, but how you say it and even better if you can record yourself doing a bit of your session like a bit of the talk or even running an activity and then watch it back and almost critique it yourself and give yourself some feedback for improvement um because I feel like you know we want to inspire the children so we definitely want to come across as you know matching their energy level and I'm not saying you have to be like you know a seasoned children's TV presenter, but just actually spending some time thinking about your communication style will make a massive difference in how your audience feel at the end of your session. You know, you want them to feel inspired, motivated, um, uplifted. They'll remember that more than exactly what you said. Yeah. Anyone who is looking to get more involved, they can pick up more, more tips and guidance by uh, joining your Inspiration Academy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The Inspiration Academy is, is free for women in STEM to join. Um, you can find out more on my website, which is stamazinglimited.com. And there's a tab called Inspiration Academy. So check that out. 
Um, I mean, I am always looking for sponsors to support it because th that helps us keep it going. But we make sure that we keep like a good number of spaces free for any women in STEM at any stage of their career to apply to come on and also free for any primary schools to take part. So also spread the word with primary schools so they can get involved. But yeah, we do we do a lot of like basically supporting the women initially and then going into the schools. And I'm so pleased that we have such a diverse range of women getting involved um, because we want to showcase diverse role models. And one that really stands out to me at the moment is that we've got a, a deaf woman who works for as an engineer in a water company and she applied to come on the programme. And I didn't know initially how well that was going to work, but we've had conversations about how to help her with things like our live webinars and she has a translator come on and do sign language for her um and she is now delivering the series of amazing kids sessions to a primary school that um are hearing impaired so a hearing impaired class of children and she's doing it all in british sign language which is just incredible it blows me away so yeah. it's just so brilliant that we're reaching a whole range of children that otherwise you know maybe wouldn't get this kind of opportunity yeah that is incredible intersectionality of uh, diversity is another huge huge topic <laughs> which we don't have time for um <laughs> you're, you're right you know um you know representation really does matter those visible role models really do matter and I've had quite a few um students come up to me afterwards and say you know as a sort of ethnic uh, female um that they never really considered it but uh, oh you're an engineer that looks like me yeah and and uh, you know just hearing stuff like that is like yeah actually that's what I'm here to do yeah completely uh, yeah exactly and if it's just one person at the end of the day that you have opened their eyes to a career that could be you know the, the perfect career choice for them otherwise they wouldn't have considered it then as a STEM ambassador you've you've done your job so but you know generally I think even kids who maybe won't go on and do STEM careers they are still it's opened their eyes to the possibility mm. maybe helped raise their aspirations to exploring other opportunities and so yeah never underestimate the impact and the difference you can make as a STEM ambassador it's such a fantastic thing to do. I think that's all we've got time for really it's been really really lovely uh, speaking to you you are such an inspiration. You've inspired me previously and just in, in this um, podcast. I think I might sign up to your Inspiration Academy. Um, yes, do that. Yeah. I'd love that, Laura. No, that would be amazing. I'd love to have you on board. Thank you very much, Alex, for giving up uh, your time for this podcast, but also for all of your support with uh, She Can Engineer. It's great having you on board. Brilliant. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. <laughs>